What's up, guys? This is Miles Markowitz. And this is Brad Thomas. Here to give you the best sports insights to beat your book. You only need to ask one question. What's the spread? All right, we are off and running on a divisional round edition of What's the Spread? Miles on Sports here, Mr. Brad Thomas. We're back after quite possibly the best wild card weekend I have ever seen. But Holy. man, we got some good ones this weekend. Dude, we really do. Uh, some might call it the best. Others, Brad Thomas, might call it the least profitable I've ever been. I swear to God, during that Bills Dolphins game, I went a good 0 and 8. And it was crazy because, like, I was so close to hitting bets, but yet so far away. But the beauty of, of the NFL and betting is. I had a damn good time doing it. Yeah, I was right there with you. And betting on these NFL or on the playoff games is just yeah. fun. Uh, I was losing a little bit of money on, on that Bills-Dolphins game as well. I'll tell you what was hot. The anytime touchdown score bets were on fire. They were fun. Good guys score weekend. touchdowns in the playoffs. Right, exactly. So, you know, it's, it's different than when you're betting guys in the regular season where you yep. don't know if they're getting reps. You don't know if – no, this is the playoffs. Like, your stars are going to score. I mean, I was hammering Jamar Chase props uh, for that Bengals game, and he hit pretty much all of them for me. So, Why don't we do this? Uh, I know we didn't study this, but let's just talk about one player from each game when we get to it that we would, you know, bet on to score a touchdown. Yeah, I love it. I mean, because I think that's where the money's at. And, and I yeah. think the odds have adjusted a little bit where <laughs> a lot of the anytime touchdown scorers have gone from plus to negative odds. That's why, uh, that's why I'm parlaying them. You know, you see me over here yeah. parlaying. Should have got that Kate Otten one. That should have hit. No way does oh. Cameron Brayton not do anything all season, and then he vultures that touchdown in garbage time. Brutal game if you're, if you're a Bucks fan for, for that one. We, will, we yes. will get to the Cowboys. But first, we got to talk about that college football national championship. I know that it was a couple of weeks ago, yes. uh, but we weren't able to do an episode last week. And Wow. Um, 65 to seven Georgia over TCU. I mean, I was floored, Brad. I, 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 I came on this podcast and I said that I was betting Georgia, but at that point I was still so broken up about Ohio state's loss that I I barely bet on the game, but Georgia did it, man. I mean, they had the talent, it, the recruiting caught up to TCU and it showed out in a big way. I'm uh, that game was so funny to me from a betting perspective and a drinking perspective. If we're going to be honest, I hammered Georgia team total over 30 was it 37 and a half, but the game was such a blowout so quick. I didn't even realize it hit at halftime. All I did was I go make some halftime bets and I go, Oh crap. I got the money in my account. Can we just say this? I think it was Colin coward. Um, I don't want, you know, miss misspeak on the wrong person. But I think it was Colin coward who said this. TCU was going to go into the game and get destroyed, not because they're not better or not in the same level. It's because they are emotionally exhausted from what they did to Michigan. I think I disagree to an extent. I think TCU was outclassed talent-wise. And I think the second they knew that Georgia was the real deal and that much better from talent to talent, they panicked. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know how they were going to move forward in that game and continuously try to beat their defense. It was a, a bad showing for the, for the big 12. It was a bad showing for a non-conference champion. It was a bad, bad showing for 
teams like TCU who work so hard to get the respect they deserve. Thank God the, the, the 14 playoffs only one more season because that set a really bad precedent for if we were to continue with 14 playoffs. Yeah. And this, this wasn't a Boise state Oklahoma situation. It was, yeah. was the national championship. Uh, TCU gets in the field. They somehow beat Michigan. Uh, it's not that they didn't deserve to be there. That, yeah. I don't think anyone is questioning whether or not they deserve to be there. They had a hell of a season. They got in the playoff. They beat Michigan. They were there, but they just didn't match up. I mean, you saw that. And, and we've talked about this, Brad, for years. Yeah. It comes down to talent. Yeah. You saw it in the Ohio State-Georgia game. Ohio State recruits at the level of Georgia. So yeah. Why, why do you think that they were the ones who were able to take them? Look at the recruiting rankings. Yeah. Year after year. Listen, this is college football. There's no room for Cinderella stories. Go to the March Madness tournament for that. But even in college basketball. The Blue Bloods yeah. always find a way to win out in the end. It's That's true. how it works. Talent so, always wins out. Yeah. And we can have stories like TCU. That's why you and I love college football so much. We 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 love our Blue Blood programs. We love Ohio State and Bama. But the stories is what makes it special. Uh, so those are fine. But they're not going to win national championships. Exactly. Especially in a 12-team field. So to your point where, where you just mentioned – in a 12-team field, TCU never would have gotten to the national championship. It just wouldn't have happened. Exactly. There were too many other talented teams or more talented teams, I would say, from a recruiting perspective. There's only so much coaching that you can do in the transfer portal uh, to get your team up to the level to play a Georgia, to play an Ohio State, to play a Bama, uh, you know, teams that have that much talent. And unfortunately yep. or fortunately, I think it's going to play out that way in a 12-team playoff. Yeah, we're going to have our one or two upsets every two or three years where people are like, this is why we have the 12-team playoff. But then we're going to get to the national championship. It's going to be the Alabama, the Ohio State, the Georgia, the Clemson. It's going to be those guys yeah. every year. And, you know, it, it's going to be fun. Those upsets are still going to be meaningful, which yeah. is what I'm trying to come back to with those who are opposed uh, to the expansion. I was never opposed to the expansion. I just made the point that it was still going to be the same teams winning the national championship. I don't have a problem with that. I don't know if everybody else does, but what yeah. I'm looking for is, yeah, like I want to see a TCU, you know, in the playoff in the first round, maybe they go on the road and, 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 and upset Michigan. What if that game was, you know, it's it just, there's so many different scenarios, a team that comes out of nowhere, like, you know, like a Colorado with coach prime gets <laughs> in the playoff, goes on the road or, or hosts a playoff game. You're still going to have those moments, and those will be important. Yeah, because playoff wins are playoff wins, whether it's a 14 field or a 12 team field. That's going to be the standard. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I, I mean, I'm excited for the playoffs on the road, a road game, playoff road game. I'm excited for a you know it's going to be great because I'll never have to worry about Alabama not being in the playoffs. We'll have like our one year, and like I'll be it'll be like I'll be like 56 years old, and I'll be like. We missed the playoffs, and I'll tell my kids about it. We never used to miss the playoffs. Yeah, and, and Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia are going to make the field every year. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just going to be happen. great as long as they continue to recruit at that high level. Yes, you know that's it's because those recruit the transfer portal is doing a lot of great things. It's why TCU was able to do what they have done. It's why a lot of teams like Florida State yeah. are you know are building such a great program where they don't necessarily need great recruiting rankings but 
you need to do that over a long extended period of time. Yeah. You can't uh, just, you can't just get rentals, but you know, you know, you yeah. keep getting rentals, your rentals going to run out and then the bill is going to be due and you're going to be like, what do I have to replace it? Nothing. I'm riding the bike back to being in the bottom of the barrel of the ACC. Yep. And I think that's one of the challenges that Lincoln Riley is facing at USC now and realizing you have to build an, an established base with your recruiting. Yep. It can't just be about the transfers. Uh, exactly. It can only get you so far, but Maybe you get you a playoff winner too, but it's it's going to be the teams that continue to recruit at a high level that are going to find themselves at the end of that expanded field. So, listen, I can't wait to talk more college football with you. We have so much to get into over the coming weeks. So much. I cannot yeah. remember a time when college football was this on fire. Um, I've got more thoughts about Georgia. I've got more thoughts about college football in general in where we are at the moment, but – we have the NFL playoffs going on. We've got to talk about it. As we mentioned in the beginning of the show, that wildcard weekend was a hell of a time, but we got some great games here in the divisional round. Last year, these four games were some of the best NFL games that we've seen in a long time. So I'm yeah. hoping that we get that kind of action again. Let's kick it off with the first game. Whew. The team that no one thought would be here, a coach who should – be forever praised. Yes, he has a Super Bowl winning coach, but man, he brought him from the bottom. Now they're here. The Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are a nine-point favorite. I will kick this one off because I have another play in this game that I did not put down on the sheet. I'm on Patrick Mahomes over 318 and a half passing yards. Um, and I'll tell you why. And then I will get into what I like about the side and the total or whatever. Patrick Mahomes uh, already torched this team for passing for over 330 yards. Jacksonville. Uh, while you know they've improved defensively, they haven't proved in their pass defense. Uh, they're bottom 20th in pass DVOA, and they're allowing over 350 pass yards per game. Even in the games where they played against guys like Dobbs um, and et cetera, they struggled. Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to you know kind of carve them up. Why I also like that is because I think that the Jaguars covered the nine points. Um, I, I think it's not because of what this offense, what their defense is going to do. I don't think their defense is going to sit there and keep Mahomes under 24 and a half points. I don't know what the team total is, but I'm just assuming that's, I would probably play 27 and a half as the over. It's the offense. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, Christian Kirk. We talked about this miles at the beginning of the season. You pay all that money for a guy. You better believe he's the real deal. And Christian Kirk is exactly that. And what's crazy is, we saw Christian Kirk grow up this season. Like he also looks a lot older and it's because he's mature. He's playing like a, a real veteran. And I think this offense will be able to go toe to toe. And it's not like what happened when these two teams met in the regular season, in the regular season, these two teams met in the middle of the day. It was an eight and a half, probably closed at nine and a half point spread. Yeah. Of course the Jacksonville Jaguars went out there and got blown out. They were down 17 score touchdown late in the game. And still didn't cover the game because they didn't cover the spread. Um, so I'd probably leave Jacksonville um, at the plus nine. Ultimately, when I take a side in here, I'm going to tease this down. I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs down to the two and a half, two or three, whatever you want to pay on your teaser. And I'm going to parlay it with, I'm going to tease it with another game that we're going to talk about later. Miles, tell me what you like, man. Yeah. So first of all, I like Travis Etienne to score a touchdown here. Yes. The nice. Reason that, I, that I go to that immediately is because. Uh, last week when the Jaguars went down 27, nothing, my live bet was a Travis Etienne anytime touchdown live bet, or is that? Yeah, it was a live bet. Uh, yeah. it didn't happen. 
I uh, can't believe it. All those points they scored, and my man couldn't find the end zone. I think he <laughs> definitely finds the end zone this weekend, so I am on ETN to score. Um, the Jaguars' offense, pretty impressive in that comeback, man. But what to do with a team that started with four picks in the first half, completely looked lost yep. uh, on offense in the first half. Their defense kept them in this game. They did. I mean, the Chargers had so many opportunities to put it away. Couldn't do it. And then once Trevor Lawrence got that touchdown pass to Evan Ingram at, uh, right before the half, you kind of had a feeling they were at least going to get something going. Yeah. Uh, and they did. Third biggest comeback uh, in NFL postseason history, I believe. Uh, insane. But I am going to be on the Chiefs minus nine here. I'm going to be looking for a live bet. I'm kind of hoping that the Jaguars <laughs> go up here and I can get a slightly better line. But – even though it's a lot of points, it's a large spread. I'm going to be betting Chiefs minus nine. I'm going to be betting ETN to find the end zone. And I will take that Mahomes prop. Uh, I think he, he throws it all over the field. I think he gets 320, 330, whatever yeah. it may be. But uh, Chiefs aren't going to try to establish a running game here. It, no. It's it's just going to be get the ball downfield to Travis Kelsey. Um, so I think Chiefs get a cover uh, here late in the fourth quarter. I think the Jaguars can keep it pretty close, but I got Chiefs by 10. I, uh, and let me tell you about the player that I'm going to take the score touchdown. I, I gave this out on Vizin, um, or it could have been another show. Uh, just make sure you watch every single show I'm on, especially this one. And if you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button, turn on the bell notification so you know when our videos drop. That is Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon has been absolutely on fire. He's probably negative odds. So why not just parlay him with the Kansas City Chiefs to win? I like that one. Yeah, a lot. Uh, I think it well, it was at least negative odds on FanDuel because I was looking yeah. at that one too. I think a little parlay with Kansas City money line is is the way to go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's move over to the next game, Miles. What we got? Yeah, so we got the New York football Giants after their impressive win over the Minnesota Vikings going on the road to face the number one seed Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are seven and a half point favorites. I'll go ahead and start with this one. I am taking the dogs. I am going New York <laughs> Giants plus seven and a half. And it's all about the trends for me. And there's a lot of them. First of all, the Giants are one of the best teams in the league this year covering this bed. They are 14-4 and four against the spread. They have covered 11 of their last 13 overall as an underdog. They've covered five straight games on the road. And Daniel Jones, as a starting quarterback in this league, is 17-5 and five against the spread as a road underdog. I cannot ignore those staggering numbers. Uh, even though I, I think the Eagles are a much better team. And I think that the Eagles could easily win this game by 10 to 14 points. I'm going to go ahead and take the dogs. Uh, Eagles also 0-4 against the spread in their last four games. I know Jalen Hurts has been having his injury troubles. I think he's going to be fine, by the way. I, I am not betting on the Giants because I think Hurts won't be 100%. I think he will be. Uh, I think he'll be ready to go. And I'm also going Saquon Barkley. Anytime touchdown score. Found the end zone twice last week. I think he does it again. Barkley, we're seeing now, and we were talking about it, the best players – play the best in these postseason moments. Yeah. This is healthy Saquon Barkley. And yes, my man is is on an absolute tear. I think he finds the end zone again. I actually like the Philadelphia Eagles here. Um, I think the Giants are going to be in for a rude awakening. The Giants played the Minnesota Vikings, who have a bottom 30 defense, uh, a, D, a team that just fired their defensive coordinator. But if you want to take the Giants, I'm not going to talk you off of them. Why? Because throughout the season, you've seen this happen. There's no metric that you can pull up that's going to tell you why this Giants team won as many games as they did, why they're in the playoffs, why they beat the Vikings. 
Uh, they're just a well-coached team. Brian Dable, you know, he's a championship coach. He's won four Super Bowls. He won a national championship with Alabama. And they're led by Daniel Jones, who at the beginning of the season, many said that it was Daniel Jones' time was up in New York. And now he's playing freaking lights out. And they're nicknaming him Danny Dimes. They, they mean it. They're not Danny Trashcan like I used to call him. Like the man is playing really good. No disrespect to Danny Dimes by calling him Danny Trashcan back in the day. Just, just a little moniker for losing me money. But I do think this Eagles defense, a top 10 defense here, is going to be a little bit much for him. Playing in Philadelphia, these fans want a home playoff game. It's been a little bit. And when you taste success, like they did, winning a Super Bowl, and then boom, the bottom falls out with the Carson Wentz throwing picks, injuries, not knowing your identity, losing your coach. Now you finally taste it again. Oh, it's going to be rocking. It's going to be absolutely rocking there. Um, I'm actually going to do a little parlay. This is not gonna, I'm not going to go heavy on it, guys, so don't go nuts. I'm going to do a little 50-50 parlay, both quarterbacks to run for at least 50 yards. Uh, yes, it's plus money. And for my, my player to score a touchdown, I'm going to go with A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown to score a touchdown. He's going to have better odds than Jalen Hurts. We know Jalen Hurts is going to try to run one in. He's ran a touchdown in almost every single game, but you're going to be paying like minus 165 for those odds, and I don't feel like parlaying it. All right, and also keep in mind, division rivals in that game. Uh, yes. Always interesting. You know, you saw it with the Bengals and Ravens last week. The, the Ravens really should have won that game. <laughs> the Bills and the Dolphins, uh, too. Yeah, look at the Bills and the Dolphins. going to be very interesting to see how this one works out with those division rivals when you play each other for a third time. And we're going to start to see that more in college football as well, two yeah. and three times, uh, or possibly three times. But um, always something to consider. All right, what's next? Next, we have your Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Buffalo Bills. The game that was postponed due to injury and then ultimate uh, and then ultimately canceled. I'm glad to hear Demar Hamlin's doing better. I am going to start this one off and kick this one off before you take all of the good points because you like the Bengals and you're a Bengals guy. I don't know if you're going to bet on them, but I am betting on the Cincinnati Bengals plus five and a half. Guys, listen, I can say this until my freaking ears, my heart turns blue. There are seven teams in the NFL who turn the ball over 24 or more times in the regular season. Six of them did not make the playoffs. One of those were the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills have had a problem with turning the ball over, and it hasn't been because of their running backs, their wide receivers dropping balls or or, or fumbling. It's been because Josh Allen, Josh Allen fumbling the ball, Josh Allen causing these turnovers, Josh Allen thinking he needs to do more than he has to. Um, I also think that you're going to have a tough time running the ball on this Bengals team. We're going to see the Bengals stop the run here. It's going to be tough for Saquon Barkley. Uh, it's going to be tough for, for James Cook here. Also, I want to highlight this really, really quick. The Bengals have an offense to get in a shootout with anybody in the NFL. And that is something that I like when I'm looking at a dog is if this turns ugly and it's two guys just going in a knockout, you know, heavyweight match, do I have a quarterback wide receiver core that can go and just spin the ball in the air and score? And, and I think I do. And last but not least, we know the Bengals' offensive line is going to struggle, but I think it's going to be a different dynamic than what the Bills were preparing in the middle of the season when they had Von Miller. Now without Von Miller, they're not going to get nearly as much pressure on the quarterback, and Joe Burrow has been lights out under pressure. What are your thoughts on this game, man? Listen, you you know I want to take the Bengals. Uh, that's, where, that's where my heart's at. I want to believe Uh-oh. that they can come in here and get it done. I do. Uh-oh. Um, but I'm going with the Buffalo Bills here, <laughs> minus five and a half. I, I feel like the Bills and the Chiefs are just on a collision course. Now it's going to be a neutral site game, but 
I think the Bills and the Chiefs were the ones who were meant to be in the AFC Championship last year, not to take anything away from the Bengals run. They almost won the whole damn thing. And yeah. they played at a very high level. I think that Joe Burrow, uh, you could make the argument that Joe Burrow is a better quarterback than Josh Allen. Okay? We can have that conversation now. Yeah. I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying we can have that conversation. Burrow has proven it. But he didn't look great last week. Bengals just looked a little off last week against a really good Ravens defense. And they are absolutely depleted on the offensive line. Uh, it, it, you know, an offensive line that finished strong going into the postseason, but then just looked a mess last week. I think the Bills are going to feast on that. Joe Burrow in five career playoff games this year and last year has been sacked 23 times. And that includes four sacks from last week. I, I think it's going to come back to bite him. I think that Josh Allen pl- likes to play down to his opponents. I, I think he likes to play down. Uh, you know, we have the Dolphins, right? Dolphins had no business being in that game, but they were because of the mistakes by Josh Allen. And the Bengals feast off turnovers. Look at what happened to the Ravens. Yeah. The Bengals won that game because of a Huntley mistake at the goal line, a 98-yard defensive touchdown. And my dad was saying it throughout the whole game that we don't have a turnover yet because the Bengals' defense lives on the takeaways. Yeah. If Josh Allen can limit those, I think the Bills can cover this five-and-a-half-point spread. Even though, keep in mind, these are two of the hottest teams in the league. Cincinnati, winners of nine consecutive games. The Bills, winners of eight consecutive games. The Bengals are 8-0 and against the spread in their last eight games as an underdog. I hate to bet against that. But again, I think the Bills and Chiefs are on a collision course. Before I throw it back to you, I've got some plays for this game. Jamar yes. Chase, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, let me tell you, the entire Bengals game plan is centered around Jamar Chase, and you can't stop him. You can only contain him. Last week, the Bengals were doing something with Jamar Chase that I wish they would have done more of, and that was just getting him out on quick slant or hitches five, six yards down the field, wide open. I mean, you don't have to get him vertical down the sidelines the entire game to have success. Yeah, My name was getting catch after catch after catch, and – he cashed a first touchdown bet, but I'm but I'm not going to be that bold here. I've got Jamar Chase anytime touchdown score plus 125, and I've got Jamar Chase longest reception for over 25 and a half yards. Like I said, I think those short completions to Chase are going to uh, have the defense come up a little bit, and I think Burrow is going to be able to find him uh, find him one for deep over the top. So I'll take the Bills to cover, but a lot of money's going on Jamar Chase. <laughs> I'm on uh, Josh Allen as my anytime touchdown score. And I will, I will probably take Dawson Knox too because he's just scored so many touchdowns. He could have had two in that game uh, if he didn't drop the other. Let's go ahead and wrap it up with our uh, man. The last game, probably the most improbable of uh, of outcomes. Just kidding, you know. Dallas Cowboys versus San Francisco 49ers. At no point, why I say that? Because at no point did it look like the Cowboys or the Niners were going to lose their respective games last round. Uh, tell me what you like and why. Okay, so. Uh... I, I'm only going to guess which side you're on. I think for the first time in what's the spread history, I think we might disagree on all four games. Now, this is Uh-oh. just me guessing. I, I'm going to do it. You're taking I'm the Cowboys. I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys plus four, and I know all of the arguments against most of them. <laughs> There's a big disadvantage here. The Cowboys just went on the road in Tampa on a Monday night wildcard game while the Niners finished their game at home on a Saturday And now the Cowboys have to travel all the way to Northern California on a Sunday on five days rest to take on one of the best teams in the NFL in the San Francisco 49ers. That is a disadvantage in itself. But 
this is the Cowboys team that I've been waiting to see this year. Now they they had a great year or they 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 had a great season. They looked like that team more times than not in this season against talented teams, which we haven't seen that from a Dallas team in years past. Dak Prescott, four passing touchdowns, one on the ground. The offense was clicking. They they didn't really have much of a running game, but there's a lot of different weapons that he can go to. On the defensive side of the ball, Micah Parsons completely disrupt that Tampa Bay offensive front. I'm not saying it's an elite offensive front. but Yeah, if you said that, I probably would have had to end the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. See, and so I – I, I knew that you were going to say that, but listen, so it, it's not an elite offensive line. It's it, it's Tom Brady in the twilight of his career. I get that, but they have the ability to disrupt Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy is prone to kind of go off on, uh, go off script a little bit and take risks downfield. It didn't come back to bite him in that Seahawks game. And I got nothing against Brock Purdy, but Brock Purdy is in a perfect system right now, and it's working for him. And the Niners have one of the most talented rosters in the NFL, but – if you can throw Purdy off his script just a little bit and get some pressure, I think the Cowboys can come in here, cover, and win the game. Oh! Purdy's touchdowns last week. Woo! Two of his touchdowns were checkdowns, complete checkdowns, and then one was like a 10-yard pass downfield with 80 yards after the catch. His stats were a little bloated. I think they, that he's he's doing very well. I, I have nothing against the guy. But his lack of NFL experience has to catch up with him or else I don't know what to believe anymore. The Cowboys have the better quarterback. I don't want to hear it. Dak Prescott is heading shoulders the better quarterback here. We're talking about a man who who, who is Mr. Relevant, drafted in the seventh round, has like six or seven, I don't even know, six or seven career starts. Give me the Cowboys. (laughs) Seven now. Yeah, this will be number eight. Listen, all we are doing as analysts is all we're doing is we're we're saying at some point the, the, the the, the bottom has to fall out for, for the 49ers, Brock Purdy, right? But every single time we say that, right, let's just not talk about Brock Purdy. Let's let's see, let's see rewind to back what we say about the 49ers. We say, and why, why Brock Purdy succeeding? Because he's in such a great system. Because he has all these great weapons around him. Because he knows he has a great defense. If he makes a mistake, that will probably try to get the ball back. I'm on the 49ers. And it's not because of Brock Purdy. It's because of the defense. Dak Prescott, and we have to remember, there, there were injuries to the offensive line in that Tempe Buccaneers game to the, to the Cowboys offensive line. Dak Prescott looked great because the Buccaneers couldn't get any pressure. Now they're going to have to go against one of the past, best pass rushes in the NFL. And also, I don't think that the Dallas defense is just going to be able to relax all game. They're going to be challenged throughout the game. The 49ers, one of the best teams at covering the spread, mind you. And they give us a four-point spread. I'm taking that all day to New Mexico. Um, I want to talk about a touchdown parlay that I'm doing in this one. And I coined this from my buddy McAfee, the name. uh, The tight end is always open. I'm going with the Dalton Schultz, George Kittle, anytime touchdown, Parlese. Oh, That almost worked out for us last week. It almost did. I I, I totally forgot. I left everyone hanging, gave everyone a little blue um, things. I forgot to say the other leg of my teaser. And it is the Philadelphia Eagles is the second leg of my teaser, teasing them with the Kansas City Chiefs. I'll keep it simple with my with my anytime touchdown score. It's Christian McCaffrey. The man oh, I think you're gonna go CD. <laughs> I, 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 uh, hey, I mean, CD worked out for me last week. So thank you for that because I was like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> like, I needed it. I was like, I need that. Yeah. Uh, so I, that that still may happen, but uh, Christian McCaffrey, I don't care what the odds are, he's gonna find yeah. the end zone. I mean, he's he's just that good. This 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 offense finds a way to give him the ball. I don't. I don't care if he's in Wildcat, if it's in the air, if it's on the ground, he's going to find the end zone. So, yeah. 
I'll go McCaffrey for for any time touchdown. McCaffrey for anytime touchdown. Miles, listen, this was fun. I love talking football with you. Guys who are watching on YouTube, be sure to smash the like, drop a comment, tell us who your perfect Super Bowl matchup is going to be. If you're listening on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or however else you listen to your podcast, be sure to rate and subscribe. Miles, this is fun. I wish you were in Orlando so we could get drunk together and watch these games together. But, you know, I'm just a text away. We're going to be texting each other, talking crazy, making crazy bets. See you, man.